Welcome back to another edition of Pistons Thoughts. We are officially about a week and a half away from the NBA draft. Things will and can change by then, but as of now, the Pistons are one of seven teams with projected cap space this summer. Amongst those seven teams, the Pistons rank fifth. So everything I'm going to suggest right now, four of the teams can do it better in theory based on the cap space they'll have. But the Pistons are in a good position to take advantage of some of the movement going on around the league. I'm going to give you some teams to look out for of who the Pistons can maybe do some deals with using their cap space to absorb contracts and get assets back. We're going to look at a couple smaller free agents who I haven't really seen talked about, but I think the Pistons should absolutely consider going that route. We're going to talk some bigger free agent fish as we've talked about in the last couple episodes. And generally, we're just going to talk about how the Pistons can utilize the cap space they have. So the Rockets are projected to have about $59 million in cap space. They're rumored to be going after James Harden, Kyrie Irving. They're going to spend that cap. They're looking to compete. The Jazz are going to have around $45 million. And the Jazz, I think, out of all of these teams, I love where the Jazz are at and where they're positioned based on the players they have and the cap space they have. The Spurs, of course, they won the Wemby Lottery. They have around $37 million in cap space. The Thunder, who are just seemingly in the best position of anyone based on their draft picks, young talent, cap space. They have around $32 million coming up. The Pistons are going to have close to $30 million. Pacers, around $27. Magic, around $22. So that's seven teams in the league with cap space. They all have a good chunk of it. And out of these teams, the Rockets and Jazz seem to be in a league of their own based on the open, available cap space they are projected to have. Spurs, Thunder, Pistons, and Pacers basically have around the same amount, and the Magic are a little bit lower there. As I mentioned, out of those teams, the Rockets are definitely rumored to be going for it, trying to make a splash with James Harden or Kyrie Irving as their contingency. Maybe they go after both. Who knows what the way they're going to do things. The Magic and Pacers are likely going to try and take the next step forward towards competing. They had some pleasant, surprising seasons, both of them. And the Thunder may go that route as well. Those three teams, young teams, a lot of cap space, a lot of good young talent. And they were competitive last year, and I think they're ready to make the next step. So that really leaves the Jazz, who also may be in that category. We'll see how they play it. It leaves sort of the Jazz, Spurs, and Pistons as the three teams with cap space who are more in a position to take on bad contracts and take back assets in return for doing so rather than going out trying to spend, make a splash, and really try to compete next season. So in this scenario, you're basically getting someone who has, you know, two, hopefully not three, but two or three years left on an overpaid deal, but you're still likely getting a vet who can contribute in some way, shape, or form. Like, look at the Alec Burks and Nerland's Noel deal last year, where the Pistons got a few second-round picks back, including, by the way, their own second-round pick back for this year, which turned out to be the first pick in the second round, 31st pick in the draft. I talked about it last episode. That's going to be a really interesting asset, either to use via trade if you're trying to move up or back or out or whatever the case may be, or you're basically getting a borderline first-round pick talent with that pick because... Likely, somebody or a few players projected to go in the first round 
will fall to the early second. It happens every year. So you get a couple picks back. You take on Burks and Noel's contracts. I did think that the Pistons were going to move Noel for something, but he ended up not playing, seemingly not wanting to be in Detroit. But Alec Burks was a key contributor. He is an asset in his own right, and really he he could have probably gotten you a protected first-round pick last season. But moral of the story is he's likely going to be brought back to contribute to hopefully winning this year for the Pistons. So that same night, mind you, the Pistons ate Campbell Walker's contract from the Knicks and got the Jalen Duren pick in return. The Knicks were just desperately trying to clear cap space to go get Jalen Brunson. Worked out for them, worked out for us. These are the moves I'm looking at this summer. And I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep eating contracts to get picks in return. I want to start winning right now. I get it. Pistons fans, we've been patient long enough. We can be patient a little bit longer to do this thing the right way. So my whole perspective is as a team with cap space, your goal is to either use that cap space to sign free agents, obviously, or take advantage of teams who need to shed money. People with the super tax coming up, luxury tax, cap space if they want to make a free agency splash, whatever it is, teams every summer are looking to clear money. And for the right price, the Pistons should be willing to help them in that endeavor. Today, it was reported that Fred Van Vliet has declined his player option and immediately becomes one of the top free agent options. Teams without cap space, if they want to add him, are who you can look at in terms of wanting to dump salary, and they maybe give you an asset or two for your service. Obviously, it could end up being a sign-and-trade with Toronto for the -the over-the-cap teams, or just a team with cap space is going to go out and sign him. But these are the types of things you need to be keeping your eyes on, your ears on, keeping in the back of your head. Just moving around the league a little bit with teams who may be trying to get out of some some cap hell. Team like the Hawks. They probably need to shed some cap. They're stuck in mediocrity. Really no flexibility to go make any deal. There were reported talks during the trade deadline of the Pistons maybe taking John Collins and his contract. But Troy held his ground, needed more assets to get the deal done. It's funny because a lot of Pistons fans in the last few seasons have been like, I'll give up a pick for John Collins. And you have Troy here like, you're going to give me a pick to take John Collins. So it'll be interesting to see if that sort of talk is revisited this summer. I mean, the the Pistons and Hawks were involved in the deal. They got James Wiseman to Detroit, Sadiq Bey to Atlanta. So there's a little bit of recent history there in terms of getting deals done together. It's going to be interesting. Another report that came out today is the Pelicans are reportedly interested in moving up to the two or three spot in the draft to grab Scoot Henderson specifically. So I'd assume someone like a Brandon Ingram may be involved or maybe it's a combination of like Herb Jones, Dyson Daniels, CJ McCollum and some picks to get the deal done. But it's going to be interesting to keep your eye on that and see if there's an avenue where the Pistons can be a part of facilitating the deal because the Hornets, Blazers, and Pelicans really don't have much cap flexibility. And those are two of those three teams will be involved in this deal in theory if it goes down. And they may need an outside team with cap space like the Pistons to come help facilitate that deal. They get some assets in the process of taking on a a bad contract or two. But again, as I mentioned, most bad contracts in the NBA are with players who can still contribute, just not at the level they signed the contract at. So in theory, if you're taking back a bad contract or two, as I mentioned with Burks or Noel, you're likely getting someone back who is going to be able to contribute. I mean, look at Bohem Bogdanovich, a prime example. 
The Pistons basically got him for free, and he was their best player while Cade was out this season. So something like that, I think, is a really good route for the Pistons to take. Because I keep mentioning I don't love the free agency class here, and I really don't want to spend that much money. We're going to talk about a few options here in a little bit, but I I just am not in love with spending long-term big money on this free agency class, especially at this stage of the rebuild. That said, I think there's a way to build this roster, still be competitive, and take the next step next season with Monty Williams coming in, Cade coming back, all of that. But again, I don't want to spend a bunch of long-term money right now this summer. Another team to keep an eye on is the Wizards. So I don't see them giving up anything to salary dump, but they may finally decide to hit the reboot button if Kristaps and Kuzma leave in free agency, if Beal wants out. It's worth calling about guys like Danny Avdia, Corey Kispert, etc. Like I'd imagine they keep them if they're rebuilding. But in the spot they're in, they may want to tear it down to the ground, especially since they just got a new general manager. Maybe there's a trade-back scenario with them where the Pistons give them the fifth pick and the Pistons get the Wizards' eighth pick back along with someone like Danny Avdia or future seconds or something like that. But it's an interesting team to keep an eye on because if they like to go this, this full reboot route, maybe they do want to move up to the fifth pick and they give you a little something to do it. Maybe new management isn't sold on the young guys they have right now, which, by the way, not a ton of great young talent in in Washington. But you'd also expect them to be able to get some back if they do end up moving Bradley Beal finally, which I think they should have done years ago. But I'm not running the team. It's not my job. Another lottery team to keep an eye on in a trade-back scenario is the Orlando Magic. Again, as I mentioned, they're probably looking to take the next step forward this year. They have the 6th and 11th picks. You know, maybe maybe they like having two lottery picks there, or maybe there's a scenario where someone like Amon Thompson falls to the fifth pick, Magic, Package, 6 and 11 to move up, and maybe the Pistons take on a contract for them to open up more cap space. That way, if they do go after Fred Van Vliet, who I think they may, they'll still have some money left to play with. Granted, it's tricky. They don't have a lot of movable contracts that they likely don't like as young players, But someone like Gary Harris, I mean, he is a non-guaranteed contract, so I don't know that this is really helping them much. But maybe that's a situation where they give you Gary Harris 6-11 and to go get their guy, consolidate their two picks into one, they get the guy they want, something like that. I don't know. Another team to keep an eye on, especially with those two picks right behind the Pistons. Another interesting team to keep an eye on, similar to Washington, is the Raptors. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do. If Fred VanVleet comes back, if they do finally move on from a Siakam or OG Ananobi, if they just completely reboot, they got a new coach coming in. It's going to be interesting. They've been sort of stuck in mediocrity since Kawhi Leonard left, as you know, that happens to teams that Kawhi leaves. It is what it is. Happens when a superstar leaves. But you got Scotty Barnes there. I mean, you got a lot of good young players there. It's just, uh, it just clearly isn't working. I know OG is the obvious target to try and pry away. But in my head, I think OG is going to cost a little too much. Again, you guys know my stance on the on the fifth pick in this draft. I actually really like the spot the Pistons are in, even if they move back to six or eight, as I sort of proposed earlier in different scenarios. So I don't know that I'm willing to give up a ton that I think it would cost to go get OG and Anobi, but I think an underrated get from the Raptors is someone like Gary Trent Jr. Now, I know the fit's a little weird. He's a 6'5 guard, 
But I could see a world where Cade, Ivy, and Trent start together with Durin and, you know, a bigger a bigger four. Like a Jairus Walker, Jeremy Grant. Uh, I'm not sure it works, but Trent's a good defender. He's a great shooter. And the the tricky thing here is that he he does have a player option. So I don't know that you give up anything to get him, assuming he opts in. But if he opts out, interesting free agency target. So those, in my opinion, are the teams to sort of keep an eye on in terms of, of teams you can take advantage of. Hopefully with your cap space or some smaller assets you're willing to part with. It's it just I think it's it's an important thing to just keep your, your eyes open around the league. See where teams are getting desperate in certain situations. Where teams are just like sort of like what Troy did when he came to Detroit. Cleared house. Complete fire sale. Got rid of everything. Again, I don't think Troy has won every trade. But sometimes a new GM comes in and they just want to start fresh. Start from the ground up rebuild it their way and that's something to keep an eye on with with someone like the wizards in that scenario and again taking advantage of teams like orlando maybe even utah who are looking to take the next step as i mentioned before i would love for boyan bogdanovich and alec burks to to be on the team this season and really help the pistons win and continue to take the next step but those are two real veteran assets that you have for teams, again, like Orlando, who's trying to win. I mean, maybe it's the Pistons trade back. They go 5 for 6 and 11. Maybe they get Alec Burks in the process or something to sweeten the deal. Or These are just, these are just assets you have because the Pistons don't have a ton of draft assets. So you utilize what you have. But yeah, those are just some, some trade scenarios I can see. So I'm going to move ahead to free agency. Talk about a few names I haven't talked about yet, and I haven't really seen talked about that much. Let's keep in mind the Pistons need big, athletic wings. The three and the four position are the absolute positions of need for the Pistons. So, I'm going to start off looking at a guy like Rui Hachimura. Restricted free agent, but sort of had a resurgence with the Lakers, especially in the playoffs. He's someone I could see you prying away from the Lakers if you give him the right offer. I don't think it's going to take a massive overpay like I think it will for someone like Cam Johnson. Obviously, I think, you know, lower floor and ceiling than a guy like Cam Johnson, but going to cost you much less for probably less years. And Rui's a, a guy, an underrated guy this free agency class who I think could really help you out. Again, I'm sort of talking about the guys I haven't talked about, and these are guys who are going to cost you much less than Cam Johnson, Jeremy Grant, Kristaps Porzingis, and those kind of guys. So, like, I, I know that these are less exciting names, less needle movie names, but I, I think these are these are some options you should really consider if you don't want to commit long-term big money to some of the bigger guys in this class. Now, someone else that the Pistons have been linked to in the past is Cam Reddish, another restricted free agent. And I know restricted free agency is tough, but he's still only 23. Really seemed to put it together a bit more with the Blazers. Granted, end of season, they were they were tanking at that point, weren't trying to win basketball games. So I'm not sure how much of an offer it would take to pull him away from there. But someone to keep your eye on as the Pistons have been linked to him in the past and for the right price. You go see what you can get. And the last option I'm going to talk about here is Tory Craig, who I've mentioned, I think, on every episode so far. Again, much less exciting than Jeremy Grant, Kristaps Porzingis, or Cam Johnson. But likely going to be exponentially cheaper 
played with Monty Williams the last season and a half, and he really thrived in certain moments there. He's really the perfect wing for this this lineup with Cade, Ivy, Duran, can stretch the floor, plays defense, can rebound. And again, he's just going to be so much cheaper than the other guys I've mentioned and and guys like that. And he's someone you can still get, assuming you take on some bad money to bring in assets during the draft time. So getting someone like a Tory Craig allows you to plug him into the lineup, helps you win this season. I mean, and again, I like he's not a needle mover, but I've mentioned before, you need wing players like him to put an NBA lineup on the floor. The Pistons weren't competitive last season until Eugene Omarui, a 10-day contract guy, who I would love to have back, by the way, maybe a Hamadou Diallo replacement. Let me stress, more of an end-of-the-bench guy than anything, but my point is you put Toy Craig there instead of Eugene Omarui in the starting lineup, and you have a more competent lineup, and you can spend your money elsewhere. Those are the smaller fish I'm talking about today, and I'm going to talk about Chris Stops and Jeremy Grant for a second. I ran a poll the other day about basically, would you rather pay Chris Stops four years, 160 mil, or Jeremy Grant four years, 130 mil? I understand the results, but I'm still a little bit surprised. 65% said Jeremy Grant over Kristaps Porzingis. Now, I'm I'm a supporter of Jeremy Grant. Again, it's going to depend what Portland does with Dame and if they blow it up or just go all in this season, which I don't think they should do, but don't tell them I said that. I, I understand the Kristaps injury, you know, that, that concern. That makes total sense. But if you're just looking at both of these guys, like... They both fit great. They both fit right in. But Kristaps Porzingis with Jalen Duran and Cade and Ivy stretching the floor, scoring the basketball. You can play through him when needed so you can start staggering Cade, Ivy, Porzingis. Defensively going to be tough as hell to score on Porzingis and Duran. And I said this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but... I just think if you're spending money this summer long term, you do it on a guy like Kristaps Porzingis. And I know there's the injury risk. I totally understand. And that's totally valid. But he played 65 games this year, playing 33 minutes a night. I understand 65 is not 82. But again, the Wizards sort of shut it down the last part of the season. They weren't trying to win games towards the end. But he just elevates your ceiling so much more than Jeremy Grant, who elevates your floor, in my opinion. And I don't think Kristaps is going to get paid that much more than Jeremy Grant. I do think Jeremy's going to cost enough money where, again, if you're spending this amount of money long term, I think you take the swing, go Kristaps Porzingis, who's a couple years younger, and again, elevates your ceiling more so than the floor. This is also assuming Kristaps actually opts out and doesn't re-sign in Washington, and this is kind of assuming Washington blows it up, as they should. But in my opinion, those are the big fish, other than Cam Johnson, who, again, I think is going to cost way too much money to pry away from Brooklyn. All of this is to say, I would rather go after the smaller fish in free agency, but during the draft, I would love to take on some bad contracts that will get me some contributing vets back, like Alec Burks, Boyan Bogdanovich, those types of moves. Add to your asset cupboard that is almost completely empty and kick your open cap space down the line a season or two when you're actually ready to take a really big step forward. I'll say this every week, but in terms of the the sort of logjam at the big position, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Marvin Bagley gets moved. Wouldn't be surprised if James Wiseman gets moved, even though I, I don't see that happening unless it's specifically to match contracts because I don't think he can have much value around the league right now. And I think it's worth just holding holding on to him for one more season. He can be your backup five. See what happens. But with Bagley having two years left on that that deal that was always a year too long, I could see him getting moved in part of a bigger deal. I don't think there's necessarily going to be a deal that's centered around Marvin Bagley because similar to Wiseman, I don't see him having much positive value around the league. Even though I like Bagley, just can't stay healthy and I don't like the contract. But as I mentioned before, also, you do have movable pieces like Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks, even someone like Akilene Hayes, who I know Pistons fans do not love all the time. I know he's very polarizing amongst fans, and I don't know that he has much positive value around the league either, but these are some smaller, packageable contracts that are only for, you know, another year or two or non-guaranteed or whatever it is with, with Killian and Wiseman, who will be restricted free agents next year. They have pieces they can move, is mainly what I'm telling you. Also, some coaching news. Reports are saying that Jared Jack is expected to join Monty Williams in Detroit. That's exciting. And also, even more exciting, is former long-term Pacers defensive guru assistant coach Dan Burke is rumored to be joining Monty Williams' staff as well. That gets me really excited about the Pistons being a competent defensive team again. I think that would be really cool. I don't expect them to be the bad boys. I don't expect them to be the going-to-work team. But if they can turn into a top 15 defensive team this year under Monty Williams and Dan Burke, and assuming Troy goes and gets some wing-sized NBA players who can play defense, I think the Pistons, if they can take a step forward on that end of the floor this year, I think with Cade coming back, playing with Boyan, whoever else Troy goes and gets, I think it's actually going to be a much more competent team every night on the floor for the Pistons. We are less than a week and a half away from the draft. Rumors are starting to heat up. Things will get even hotter as this week and next week go on. And the Pistons may be primed to take advantage of movement around the league. I never end like this, but people are telling me I should start ending like this. Please do me a favor. Subscribe wherever you listen. Give me a five-star rating. Give me a nice review if you're feeling it. Find me on Twitter at Piston's Thoughts. Until next time, the countdown to the draft continues. (laughs) 